We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome into another edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am, of course, your slightly above average host or below average host, depending upon what your opinion was uh, of me after you watched all those pros versus Joe's uh, drafts uh, this past week and, and the week before on the FFPC YouTube channel. I just want to remind you before we get into tonight's broadcast, the FFPC main event slow drafts are off and running. If you want to take your shot at a million dollars, you can do so right now at myffpc.com. Uh, those will be running basically for the next month, month and a half or so. Um, and then the live drafts will kick off probably in about a week, week and a half here. Uh, multiple Football Guys Players Championship drafts are filling daily. $350 could win you a $500,000 grand prize. You won't be waiting long on those drafts. Those are available at myffpc.com as well. If you like best ball, uh, like tonight's guest, uh, we'll be talking about the majority of the time. Uh, the FFPC Best Ball Tournament, $125 to enter, $200,000 grand prize, as well as the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament, $35 for a $10,000 grand prize. That is more than 90% full. So if you want to get in either of those drafts, get in now while the getting's good. If you want to play in the Dynasty startups that we have, we've never had a Dynasty League fold. We've got over a 1,000 of them going on at myffpc.com. We'll run those for both the next month or so, the slow drafts anyway. Uh, so if you want to take on the year-round challenge of, of high-stakes fantasy pool, you can do that starting at $77 all the way up to $5,000. Uh, plenty of slow, live, and sit-and-go best ball options at myffpc.com if you prefer playing in the closed 12-team leagues as well. Uh, let's bring in tonight's guest. Uh, this is the final Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown before the NFL season starts, so you won't see another one of these broadcasts until um, after week one, and then we will go weekly until the start of the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. 
But right now, this will be the last one we have for about a month or so. I'm talking tonight with an FFPC player, a longtime FFPC player, that won 14, count them, 14 FFPC and football guys leagues alone in 2021. He's won a boatload more besides that. We're going to talk about his pros versus Joe's draft. We'll analyze that tonight, as well as some of the other players he's been targeting this summer in his football guys players championship drafts um, and, uh, and much, much more. You follow him on Twitter. Uh, at Brian underscore Harris underscore 2021 14 time FFPC high stakes champion Brian Harris welcome to the program man good to have you thanks Balky how's it going it's going good um, I'm I'm still uh, relaxing after six pros versus Joe's drafts and basically the last week and a half but it was a lot of fun and you participated in this I gotta I gotta uh, refresh my memory now you were week one on Monday or Tuesday. Monday. Monday. Okay. So you were in the second live pros versus Joe's draft, um, participated in that. I think you were in the 12 spot in that. Yep. All right. So let's get into that and and sort of get your take on how the draft unfolded and and sort of what you, what your plan was and and how well you executed that plan. Number one, um, uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson fighting for the first string carries right now in New England. You said, screw it. I'm getting both of them. How much of that was part of the plan? Why did you decide on, on zeroing in on getting both those Patriots running backs? I, I didn't really zero in. I, I It just kind of went that way. Uh, when, it, when it started out, when I got Najee, and then I got, I think it was Josh Jacobs after that, which, which you know, I don't really care for too much. I got Damian Harris because I, li- I like to get at least three running backs in those first 10 rounds in, in, in the best ball. And then when Ramondre was there, which I like just as much as I like Damian Harris, uh, mm-hmm. maybe he's got, he, even, he might even have a little more juice. So um, kind of like him a little bit more this year. And there was both there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of like locking down three good running back spots here. Uh, and in best ball, it's important. You know, I don't like to handcuff too much, but those were two guys late. So and that's not like you're taking, you know, um, McCaffrey and somebody or his handcuff or whatever at that time but you're taking two guys late like that. I think both of those guys pair together to make one good running back week in, week out in the best ball for sure. If you look at the numbers, you know, from last year and things like that, the, the game logs and whatnot. Is that something you would do in football guys or the main event? Would you pair those guys together in that? Or is this strictly a format based decision? Uh, I probably would pick one over the other in those and kind of go for, go for it that way. Cause I, I wouldn't want to make that decision every week either. Um, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't. I probably actually would probably lean Ramondre. To be honest with you, I just kind of I like him a little bit better. I, even though Damian Harris I think he had like 15 touchdowns or something last year, yeah, I like Stevenson's juice a little bit more and the value. Just it's almost like right there too, a little bit better. So I like them about equal and can get Ramondre around or two later. So I'm what, cool with that. And you say equal too. And this, this was I think about when we launched FFPC drafts in January. I mean Harris was up here and Stevenson was down here. Now we get the word that Stevenson's not only working on his pass catching chops, but he's getting stuff with uh, uh, reps with the first team. Now all of a sudden you're looking at Damian Harris at the 807, Ramondre Stevenson at the 901 in the FFPC best ball tournament. Do you envision Stevenson leapfrogging Harris where, where Stevenson all of a sudden becomes the more expensive value? Well, I mean, it is, it is the new England backfield too, which is always, <laughs> always crazy. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I like them both kind of this year where they're going, you know, late, like, especially if, if, you know, especially if you're going to take two running backs early, hit some, hit some receivers up and come back and take a running back. I like to hit one of those guys as your third guy. Like last year, I did that a lot with, uh, 
uh, James Conner. I did him I, everywhere. He was like my third back in that situation, uh, and it paid off pretty good. So if, if you miss on one of those early guys and you hit on that one, it's okay or whatever. But um, so I try to I'm trying to single out some guys there. I'm still feeling it's still early in the draft season. I'm still figuring things out for the year. Uh, I'm trying to do my best to to draft as late as possible because I think I'm more efficient the later the later I draft. You know when I when I look at you know years past and. I'm trying to get more efficient every year. So that's part of that process. But as far as, um, yeah, those guys go, th- those are, those are kind of targets in that, in that ballpark. Hopefully they don't creep up too, too far, but especially if one of those guys gets hurt or something, one of them's going to shoot up big time. Yeah, absolutely. No question there. You touched on Josh Jacobs uh, just now in answering that question. He is kind of still a little bit in the free fall right now. Um, now you drafted him in uh, pros versus Joe's at the 601. So you got him in the sixth round right now in the FFPC um, best ball tournament. Shout out to Darren Armani at fantasy mojo on Twitter, fantasymojo.com who supplies us with all this great ADP Josh Jacobs at the 511. Um, so basically you're getting him right at value in that. At what point, how high, um, would you go to draft Josh Jacobs? Because obviously we know you're taking him at the 601 in the best ball format, but how do you handle him if he goes, if he's, if his value goes back up or, or down, quite frankly, uh, I'm not, that's not a guy I'm really targeting. That's kind of just the way that draft fell. Like I'm, he's, he's still young enough where I would take him at a value there, especially the way that draft went for me. I needed to get a running back there in that spot. Um, and, and he was, he was the best guy at the time that I thought, Anyway, I mean, it's debatable, but I needed to get somebody there. Uh, and the way that that draft went, I got Najee in the first round in that one. And then, you know, I kind of went in a different direction for a little bit there. And there's a reason for that. But uh, Jacobs is not, not somebody I'm really targeting. I don't know how, how they're going to use those running backs in, in um, Las Vegas. Yeah, it's like McDaniel says, so he's going to bring that New England system over there where everybody's, you know, getting pieces of the ball for game, different game to game. I mean, I don't know how, how it's going to go down. I was never really a big Josh Jacobs fan, um, but I also see there's less opportunities for him to catch the ball with um, with Devontae Adams and Renfro and Waller healthy. Hell, all those guys, if they stay healthy, it's going to be – and without him catching the ball, I'm not really too interested in, in, in him at all. When you said um, you drafted Josh Jacobs based on the construction of your team at the 601 in pros versus Joes, you took Harris in the first round, and then you said you went a different way and there is a reason for that. Mark Andrews, Cortland Sutton, Josh Allen, Amon Ross St. Brown all went before you took Josh Jacobs. What was the reason that you went away from the running back position drafting at that 12 spot in this draft? Well, what, what happened was uh, Najee, Najee fell there, which I thought was good value. And then Mark Andrews, I, I'm not going to pass Mark Andrews. I'm just not going to pass him up right there in this format. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I like him as my 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 you know best best tight end this year overall. Um, oh okay. But uh, so in this format, but uh, or maybe any format, but uh, so I so when you when I'm working my best ball teams and, I, and not that I do too many of them anymore. I used to do a heck of a lot more than I do now. Now I'm trying to get you know more money into the bigger, especially with the main event being a million bucks. I'm trying to get all my a lot more money in that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but the way that that worked out is 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 um, you know when you take you're you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice somewhere when you when you when you take a tight end or the quarterbacks this early and sometimes I know that rule the golden rule so so called of 
best ball or whatever, you taking that quarterback early and that tight end early, it's kind of screws you up for the rest of the draft. But it could be. And not everybody subscribes to that rule. You know what I mean? That well, there there are some people that say it's difficult to win that way, but some other people say, hell, I can win that way. Well, you know, I looked at it this way. I was trying to you know, I took, I got Najee. So I, I know that I've got a, a great start at running back there. So I, so I have a little wiggle room to work with, with getting a second and a third, which I think I did a fair job of getting a decent stable of backs. Like I said, I like to get in those best balls. I, kind, I typically like to get three running backs in those top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I typically like to get strong four strong receivers, but that wasn't the case because I couldn't work those yellows in there. Like I liked them, but so my, my approach on this was I needed an edge because this is, you know, it's going to be a room full of good drafters and, I needed an edge in this. So I went with the guys like Mark, uh, Mark Andrews, who had most, you know, the most 30 point games from any tight end last year. And he's on the rise still. I think he's still on the rise. And, and then I, I came back and I didn't love the receiver. I love Sutton there. I like Sutton in that spot big time. I think he's going to creep up probably as this draft season goes on, he might be creeping up into the, the earlier third, maybe end of the second. Um, so I like him there. And then there wasn't any other, receiver there that I was really in love with that, that I could remember. Um, may, I was considering maybe Waddle there. Um, but I said, you know what, I'm going to go with the quarterback who had the most 30 point games last year, you know, and, and, and not that, not to say bases everything on last year, cause that's not how I like to think or think about this year, but I don't see any, you know, there's obviously there's, there's only positive things happening there for him to even grow even more this year, you know, um, with the progression of Gabe Davis and adding James Cook and, and progression of Dawson Knox and so forth. So uh, he had, I think, set, yeah, seven, I think, games over over 30 last year. So I, I kind of built it that way on a thinking best ball, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I know that typically if, if I was just going to do a confined, you know, a different confined league, because this is a confined league, but a different one. I probably do things a little bit different, but um, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to go for it here with with this with this start. I'm trying to bring up your your draft board here so the viewers can see it. Uh, but while I look for that, let's talk because you talked about the running backs here and and Harris, Josh Jacobs. We talked about already. Um, you get Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson as well. Then you don't take another running back here until round 17, and that was Chris Evans. Now, Chris Evans and Saman P. Rhyme, that argument, I want to say was going back and forth, probably in the pre-draft, like pre-NFL draft. Now it seems like Chris Evans is sort of the, the, the guy du jour for high-stakes fantasy drafters for the Joe Mixon um, handcuff here. Are you of the belief that if Mixon does get hurt, uh, Chris Evans is the guy that you want to start over P. Ryan? Uh I, I don't I don't like Piron Piron I don't know why it's just not sexy enough for me I guess to to you know I think mm-hmm. I think Chris Evans is the sexier play if I I like I like his tape I think it was Michigan I liked I liked his game out of Michigan his receiving chops I think that Piron he he could come in and he could be the guy but I'm taking a, I'm taking a shot at this point in time I already have my what my my four I have four running backs at this point in time so I'm taking a shot on a guy who could be like mixing goes on. They gave this guy an opportunity. It could be like something special. I don't know, but it, it's just more exciting. And that, than, than P Ryan to me, obviously he's younger. He's um, you know, P Ryan hasn't been, hasn't been too sexy. He's, he's been serviceable, I would say. But uh, at that point in time, I'm trying to get a couple of guys that if they got the opportunity to smash, even maybe later in the season, if somebody got hurt or whatever, especially Chris, Chris, um, and, or, um, because I think, 
he's a pretty good, you know, pass catcher and stuff. So I like kind of like guys like that, premium type handcuff guys that I think could pop, but he's one mm-hmm. of those guys. I'm not necessarily, um, you know, in, in love with anybody like that down the line, but I will talk, I will look for those guys, you know, those guys that have that, that sneaky upside, um, at, at that point. Cause you got nothing to lose. I mean, a lot of times you look back at these drafts after round 10, it's like all these guys did nothing or whatever, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it happens a lot of the times. Like when you're every year you're in the draft and it's round 15, you're like, Oh, I gotta get this guy. But then you look back and you're like, these guys all stunk, you know, like when you, <laughs> you gotta get lucky, you gotta get lucky to hit on those guys after right. the 10th round. So, so I'm looking for some upside there. I don't want to take any washed up guys. I'm looking for guys that are on the incline, you know, the guys that are, didn't have their best season yet. Um, we talked about this on the pros versus Joe's on Tuesday night, the final one. And we were talking about Eric Rubin, the jungle cats who won the overall pros versus Joe's title last year. And he was obviously helped by, you know, guys like Cooper cup in the fourth round, Debo Samuel in like the ninth or whatever. He had Amon Ross St. Brown on the 15th and even Daryl Williams in, in the 18th, which obviously helped him as well. So as important as it is to get the first part of your draft, right. It's almost just as important to make sure that, you hit on a couple of late round picks because if you do that, you are head and shoulders above 80% of the rest of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, if you could hit on those guys, that's, that's but that's the, the tricky part. Cause it's not easy to do. Right. Right. Um, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, well, actually, you brought up Cortland Sutton before. And yeah. as, and as I bring up the draft board, and I don't know how easy this is to see for the viewers out there, but, but, um, but Brian, you were picking in the 12 spot here. Cortland Sutton was your pick at the 312 after Harris and, and Mark Andrews. You went with the Cortland Sutton Josh Allen combo at the 3-4. So now I'm I'm looking at this now. Tim Patrick is hurt towards ACL. He's out for the year. Denver right now has not signed anybody. I don't know if there's anybody out there to sign. I don't even know if there's going to be anybody out there to sign after cuts that is going to make a fantasy dent. KJ Hamler obviously takes a step forward here. You make the argument for Jerry Judy as well. But I keep hearing Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton from a lot of high-stakes owners, including the ones we talked to in the Purs versus Joe's uh, uh, broadcast as well. How high? I think you said second round. You could see Cortland Sutton creeping into the second round by the time everybody's drafting in the main event in Las Vegas in September. Well, as we get closer every year, the, the rounds shrink, you know, the guys that were in the third are now going in the second because people get hurt. People, weird stuff happens. A guy gets caught hitting his girlfriend. He's just, he's out. Whatever. I mean, it's all this stuff happens, and it seems every year this happens, and and these rounds just shrink and shrink and shrink up. So I I could see that, uh, especially you know uh, I think that he's got he's got really big upside. You know this year, um, you know like for example, I think of not that he's going to be Cooper Cup like, but like last year you have a guy like Cooper Cup who's always been good, and then you know, you give him Matt Stafford, you know, well, last year Sutton was, was coming off the ACL, which I didn't, I didn't like anyway. So I was kind of right. off the quarterback situation was, was junk. So this year he's a, a fresh year off the ACL and he's got Russell Wilson. So, and he's still young. He's still ascending. He popped some games early last year, but then he kind of fizzled out. I think, you know, a lot of times these guys coming off these injuries, they, that happens. There's it's hit or miss or inconsistent, and, you know, for a good year or so, but so, it's a speculative play that that he's gonna you know be a lot better with Russell Wilson. We'll find out what happens. Who knows? It's you know it you know it's a shot you know, and all you can do is kind of take educated shots you know, and 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 just hope for the best and see what happens you know. But I know I'm I'm I'm, I'm I like I like him a lot there um, as far as what else is going there too. 
I like uh, like I like what I'm you know what you see on Twitter and all this other stuff with with him and and, and how he's looking and stuff with Russell Wilson. So I, I I could see why there's some 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 buzz on Cortland Sutton there for sure. Now the Tim Patrick thing, I don't think I don't know if that I was kind of, I get kind of aggravated with that because I don't think Tim Patrick really affects his value at all. Really? I, I no because. You know, I kind of, I kind of don't like that he got hurt because now everybody's going to bump Cortland Sutton up. Where I don't, oh yeah, I think that Tim Patrick's always like a compliment. You know, he was like a, he was like, okay, well, Cortland Sutton's not playing. Tim Patrick's the guy, you know, like that kind of seemed like it took up his space or something. You know, I, I, I don't really think of Tim Patrick as, I mean, he's a solid player, but he's, he's a guy. You know, he's a solid player, but I don't, I don't. I don't really see him affecting anything. He's not a needle mover, in other words. Yeah, I don't. And, and, it, and you can make the case that the perception of him is a needle mover in the wrong way for Sutton fans right now. Right, right. Yeah, I think that I would like them to, to be healthy, and I still would have taken Sutton and got probably get more shares. Now we might creep up a little bit more, and I miss out on a few shares, but that's fine. I'm not. I don't want to overdraft anybody either. Right. I want to. I want to try to work good guy, guys at good value. Every time we end up getting hyped up on a player, start overdrafting players. That's that's a recipe for disaster. You know, you want to you want to get those guys that outperform where you're drafting them, and that's how you win these leagues. Not taking the guys you know at their peak value because right. they can they can only go down from there. Um, ex- excellent analysis there, and I wholeheartedly agree with you on on everything you said about Patrick and Sutton and how it's being perceived by the high stakes players out there and what's going to happen with them now. Um, shifting our focus to Tennessee, AJ Brown is in Philadelphia. They've traded for Robert Woods. They obviously use that first round pick on Traylon Burks. When you look at the Tennessee passing game, Brian, besides Burks, besides Woods, is there any other receiver worth considering in an FFPC best ball slim? Like you just drafted in pros versus Joe's. Is there any other Tennessee worth uh, Tennessee receiver um, that, that is worth his salt late in a, in a football guy's draft. How do you see that situation? Yeah. You're, you're looking at my drafts and I know where you're going with this was as a um, Westbrook Aquino. <laughs> now I kind of, I, I, you know, he's a guy who I t- have been tend to taking early on here, the draft season for me, because I'm not too many drafts in like normally, I normally are. I'm trying to trying to hold off. I got, you know, I'm going to do a million drafts, but um I have been taking Westbrook Akina late as a guy because he's always there and it's always like 18th, whatever round it is. Not that he could be huge in best ball more so because I don't know if he's going to pop big games. I don't know if that's his game or not, but in football guys, I, so, but I'd have taken him in best ball regardless, but, um, but uh, I do like him better probably in football guys later. Uh, I think that I, I don't like guys coming off, coming off ACLs. I don't care if they say they're hundred percent, if it was, you know, I mean, obviously the earlier it was last year, the better, but I think, I don't know if Robert Woods might've been halfway through or something. I don't remember. Um, so I'm not, a, I'm not a Bobby trees fan and I'm not, um, uh, I do like, I do like what I see on Twitter from Traylon Burks, but I don't want to overreact to the rookie hype out there either. And Tannehill's not, you know, the, you know, he's not, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He is what he is. He is what he is. You know what I mean? And he has games and he's serviceable and he's good, but I don't, so I, I, I'll look for that guy. I think he's in probably his third year, um, guys like that, guys in their third year who 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 could pop maybe, you know, over, like I said, outperform the value that, in which they're drafted. And he's a guy that's there. I saw some some good puff pieces online too recently, which I don't like to see that if I'm taking a guy because then, right. you know, then I can't get him. But um, just looking for guys like that because I don't, I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, Robert was, uh, uh, I don't. 
I don't, I don't, I'm not in on him at all or any, or any guy that that's coming off an injury like that, an ACL or an Achilles or something. I, at least the first year, right? Yeah. The first year after the first year, not to mention Robert Woods, he's not, it's not like he's 22 or something. He's <laughs> right. Yep. That's you know, he's, point. he's, and he's, I don't know. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out on, on Woods. So if I'm out on Woods, I'm skeptical of the rookie play there. Although I, the upside's massive, I guess, with, with Traylon Burks. I just don't know. Is, is, is this like, you know, like last year, if you remember, it was like Terrace Marshall was tearing it up in the oh, yeah. preseason and he's, he looks like a beast and you watch the preseason games, he's a beast. And then he's like disappeared. Now, not to say that's going to happen because Traylon Burks got a different pedigree. They traded there and they got him in the first round and stuff like that. So you got to factor that in. They're going to have to use him. And I hope he's good, but I, I don't, I don't have a lot of trust in those rookies until I, until I see them, unless they're, you know, like last year, I was, I was uh, really, um, excited about Jamar Chase because when I saw him in college, I was like, "This guy's unreal." Who is this guy? I was like, "Who's this one guy?" And then, right, yeah. then I was, and I, and then obviously they took him that early in the first round. He's a special, special talent. So that's kind of different than Burks. I mean, obviously this this group of rookie receivers might be the best in a while though that I that I can remember. A lot of a lot of first round guys, a lot of talent out there. At least according to Twitter, they're all the best receivers in the world right now. You know, Sky Moore's, you know. Every, he's the best and Traylon Burks is the best. And these guys are all that. I don't know. They could be, but a lot of times these early rookies, um, either they're going to smash or most of the time they're, they're going to make it, they're going to be inconsistent for you, especially early on in the season. Some guys come on later in the season, but so the point is if there's that much, you know, um, inconsistency, I mean, who else is there? Austin Hooper, blah, blah, you know, right. I, yep. blah, blah. So, so no, no real threats out of the backfield for catching passes either. I mean, no, 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 yeah, no. Derrick Henry's not, you know, he's not the poster child for catching balls no. out of the path. But so, so Akeen is a shot. He's always is a shot. You're not playing. You're not paying much for him. I mean, if he it doesn't pan out, you you know, he's 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 gone out to the pasture. You throw him out and, and back into the pool. You know, he's he's not he's not he's um he's a uh, low risk. You know, um so. Well, you bring this. This this is interesting because you've taken Westbrook Akini in, in in more than one draft. Are are you afraid of loading up on a player like that? Because it's clear you like you you like the players leap forward here. This is his third year. You you like the uh, the chance for him to leap forward. Robert Woods just turned thirty. Um, situation opportunity around him. If there's injuries or whatever, there's a good shot for Westbrook Akini. A lot of people, myself included, sometimes. I will try to divvy up my late round shares among a lot of players to try to hit on one or two or three or four, whatever it is in, in various leagues, rather than load up on one player in a lot of leagues late, even if it is low risk. Is Westbrook Akina the, the type of guy that you would not be afraid to take in a ton of your drafts because the risk is so low? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, I, I guess. It depends It depends on what's there. I, I'm going to stay true to to my, my projections of where, where I got these guys. And it's the next guy up at that point. If he's mm-hmm. gone, to take this guy. If that guy's gone. And, that, and that's how I'm, I'm going to approach it. Um, so a lot of, it, it kind of, you know, until I started playing volume, uh, I never really thought about it, but you know, sometimes you want to diversify. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you look back and you're like, man, if I just took my guys in more leagues, like, <laughs> yeah. like I would have hit on all these leagues, but I was diversifying, you know, or I was, oh, I was paying attention to the bye weeks here. Cause I'm trying to worry about the record stuff. And, you know, so, so like last year I hit on, I hit on like some of the guys I hit on late was like Debo. So I had Debo mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, later, um, but then I was diversifying with Ayuk because I thought Ayuk would be good too. I thought they were like right there, both of them, and half of those leagues that I took Ayuk, and I was like, oh, I wish I would have took Debo. So, so it's 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 tough to say if you're going all in on the same guys, uh, or or if you're going to diversify a little bit. And, and so it's a tough balance. But I think at the end of the day, my own you know, to give my own myself my own some advice would be to just stick to your guys and go for it. And who and it, and if you if you smash, you smash it. If you, if you don't, you don't, you, you come back again, whatever. So, rem- and you bring this up about going with the same guy. I remember drafting in the Kentucky fantasy football state championship. I don't know what, however many years ago it was. And Brandon Hakey, who we should really get on this podcast at some point um, was drafting all these chiefs one year, including a guy named Kareem hunt who was going, he was drafting them. I mean, six, seven rounds sometimes above ADP just had to get this guy on his team. And I remember, you know, Farrell Elliott, the commissioner, my, my co-host on the high stakes fantasy football on Fridays. Um, he did the trophy presentation for everybody who won all these leagues the following year. And it was a coronation for Brandon <laughs> Hakey because he went, he went every single league. He could Kareem hunt Mahomes, all these chiefs guys, he loaded up on them on all his leagues and he crushed it. He absolutely crushed it, but it's pretty rare, Brian. And I think you'd agree with me. It's pretty rare to do that on a year-to-year basis, and that's what makes diversifying so much more attractive when you're drafting here in July and August because you may not hit on every single league, but you will hit on some, and it only takes one to win the million bucks in the FFPC main event. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I'm going to say, you know, I'll change my analysis of that to say, you know, I used to be like, let's just diversify so much. You know, now I think Mm -hmm. it should be like 70% of leagues. If if you're targeting certain players, like last year, if you were targeting Cooper Cup, you know, you were – you are a happy. You are a happy person. You're retired. You are retired yeah. from fantasy football. You're living on an island. <laughs> exactly right. So it's like it's one of those things. So maybe like just a maybe you know the balance of it all. Maybe sixty or seventy percent of it more of my guys and diversify. I, I know exactly what you're saying because there's sometimes like the diversification does help. But I'm I'm just trying to get more efficient with it every year and try to and try to just keep grinding and try to keep figuring things out. You know because you can never stop. You can never stop figuring things out. I mean, I know some of the set of the diversification. I mean, well, well, speaking of diversification, some of the best teams that I have when I look back sometimes are like, 
the outside of the box teams I decided to draft. Like, Oh yeah. You know, like there was a league last year and I'm like, and I look back, I think it was, um, it might've been, I, I, I mean, I had a bunch of, a lot of, a lot of teams in the football guys, uh, in the, in the chase at the end. Um, but there was one team and I looked that finished the best in the chase. Okay. Cause like another, another thing I have is trying to, you know, as I'm, and I never thought about this until now is that, okay, you, you, you could get a lot of teams in the chase, but you know, you got to try to win an overall and it's a kind of a different drafting mentality, I think. So, so that's kind of where I'm trying to go to now. And I was looking at that team that finished the best, the best in that out of that tournament, which like might've been like 70th, I think, which I think it was the bubble. I think I just finished some, some money there or whatever for a free main or something. Right. But, and I looked at that team and I'm like, wow, this was one that I was really like, you know, at the end of the season or whatever it was. And I was kind of like, you know, taking a, you know, something a little different than what I normally do. Uh, so <sighs> diversification could pay off like that where you could hit on a, on a big one, you know? So, so I still want to do that, but just not as much. I want, I, I think I have a good, good feel for, for the players. Um, and, and I've been getting better at it every year. I've, I, it's been like, a, you know, work in progress for over the years. Cause you start, you start out and you stink Well, you think you're good and you start, you start playing online high stakes. And then, you know, cause you're winning your home leagues and stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, shit, I gotta like, I gotta like figure things out here. It's like anything else, you know? So I start playing for years and I keep rolling my money over, keep rolling my money over and just trying to keep being more efficient and just keep going, you know, and that's it. Like last year, I think I did most, a lot of three, a lot of the football guys where this year I'm going to do a lot more main events, main you event, know, sure. so yeah. I'm going to flip the script on that. So, um, you know, and, and try to win a million bucks. Um, Tyler Lockett, as I bring up your, uh, your pros versus Joe's draft from the 12 spot, and we look at it right here. And again, I don't know if the listeners can see it, but, or the viewers can see it. I should say Tyler Lockett for you was your, nine oh nine twelve yeah nine twelve pick here so you grab them at that nine twelve turn as you look at your football guys drafts as you look at the seattle seahawks offense situation this year is he a target for you no is he a fade or is it just if, if he's there he's there he he's a he's a best ball only target for me like okay. i don't i don't like i don't like him even with russell wilson and and redraft as much as I like basketball because he's so inconsistent. But he, but he did have monster games with Russell Wilson. You know, yep. catch some deep bumps. But he's so inconsistent, he'll drive you crazy. And and obviously now the quarterback situation there now is terrible. So I'm not in on him really at all. But in the in is that the same with Metcalf? By the way, Brian, are you also not not in on Metcalf because of the quarterback situation? I'm not in on Metcalf as much. Uh, okay. you know, as, um, and more, more than I am Lockett, obviously I would take Metcalf over Lockett all day. Um, so probably anybody, but I mean, I, I just, you, you have to, I mean, you have to acknowledge that you can't just ignore the situations there. Exactly. You know, who knows, they might get Garoppolo or they might get somebody else who, who knows what's going to happen there, but you can only, you can only work with what you know right now. So, uh, Lockett's not a guy I'm targeting usually, but in this situation in a best ball, I know he pops big games. Hopefully he could pop some with whoever the new quarterback is. But at that time, like I said, too, I didn't like my, my receivers where I was. I only had two. I like to, I like to try to get in these best ball. I like to try to get like four in that first 10 to feel good. Um, but in this one here, I got, I got, I with going with that quarterback, the, the big quarterback, the big tight end early, I had to change things up. I also took a Dawson Knox kind of as, as my, as my, um, first flex there to mm -hmm. say, I guess, or whatever, or one of my flexes 
um, there uh, that I could use in, in, in a replacement of that fourth, uh, get trying to get four court, uh, receivers in that first 10. Lockett was a guy that was there, pop speed games. I don't like Lockett. Um, I, it's weird because I say I don't like Lockett. I say I don't like Josh Jacobs that much. I don't like Tyler Boyd, who's another guy I took in there. But I, I don't want to be – and one thing I've learned is that you can't just say, oh, I don't like this guy for whatever bias and don't take him at the right value or the right time because that's not good either. You know, you got you right. to, you know, throw your, your biases, uh, emotions out the window sometimes and, and do what's best for the construction of the roster. So at that point in time, I knew what I was going with most of the picks. I was going to be going receiver here from here on out. And he was the best guy at the time with, the, with probably the most, the best big game potential. Yeah. I'm just looking at it uh, after the eighth round, five of your next six picks were receivers really hammering that home after you already had the three running backs early. And then you get Ramondre Stevenson, obviously um, in the 10th round there as well. So I, and I understand the the logistics of, you know, cause I, I, I had this explained to me. Um, Oh God, how many, it's like 10 years ago. And it was a guy who was playing in a 30 team fantasy basketball uh, competition, 30 teams. And, yeah. and, and somebody was asking him about this. I was listening to the podcast because I was playing a lot of fantasy basketball back then. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you do here? Like, how do you construct this team? And the guy's like, well, it really depends what I do with my first pick because that's yeah. going to dictate what I do the rest of it in the same vein. You know, you can have, I mean, the best laid plans in pros versus Joe's the football guys players championship, the main event, but dependent upon how you spend those first few picks, that is how the, the greats like yourself separate themselves from the rest of the field to knowing how to adjust on the fly, not only with how the draft's going, but how the team that you're forming, um, because you have to be able to get the pieces to fit together. You have a running back, tight end receiver, quarterback, receiver, running back to start off your first six rounds. And Brian, I, I think at that point you realize, okay, here's my first 25% of my draft. Now I know what I need to do the rest of the way. Now I need to know, or now I know the players I need to target the rest of the way as well. Well, you know, on every draft, knowing your, knowing your format and your roster spots and, and everything, you know, I kind of have an idea of what, what I want to do as far as my roster limits goes and my, my construction of, of how many I want, would like to have of each. Now, obviously that changes because, Every draft is different. Um, there's more than one way to skin a cat in, in, in this. You know, you could, you, could, you could shoot yourself on the foot and be dead and not have a chance, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's so many ways to win. But obviously there's certain percentages of certain ways that win more than others. So, so I try to fit that mold. And I know that when I'm building a team, if I know that I only have two, well, two or three receivers in the first half of the draft, I need to load it because I know that I'm shooting to get at least seven, eight, nine, whatever it is, receivers at the time, depending on how things work out. Um, and I'm gonna have to make up for that quickly there. You don't want to wait too long. And next thing you know, you're, you know, you know, the guys you're taking long shots on are your or guys you're gonna need to depend on, and that's not good. So you gotta kind of just go with that. The guys that come out that I see, like Mojo Post, like guys drafting like eight running backs to start a draft. I don't, I don't know. I think that's just insane. I don't yeah, know how I, you can win like that. It's I'm crazy. With you. I'm with you. I, I can't, I can't get on board with that. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's there's got to be some balance or some strategy or method to it. that many, that many positions when you have X amount of starters and X amount of, you know, guys, things like that. I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I've seen it. Hey, it's their money. If they want to put it out there and if they win, Hey, whatever it happens, it happens, but I'm playing the percentages that it's not going to happen very often. So 
Um, and, and I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you 100%. Um, let's talk about Mark Andrews because I know you touched on him right away when we started the podcast. You picked him at the 201. You believe that he is your number one tight end this year over Travis Kelsey. The fact that Marquise Brown is now in Arizona, they only ever shot Bateman and you know a couple other really unproven guys there. Are FFPC players in general undervaluing this guy, letting him slip to the end of the first, the early second round? Well, in, in the format, uh, I don't, I don't know how. I mean, obviously, you could say that those two guys are like tied almost, right? So I, I and then I go to you know target availability, um, uh, age, and incline. You know, these guys like, for example, I'm sure Kelsey may or may not have probably could have had his best best years, you know, already. You know, or mm-hmm. Mark Andrews could be the next Kelsey that we're drafting. Everybody's drafting in the first round next year. So if they're that close and there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's, there's not that anybody's that good on Kansas city anymore with Tyreek Hill. I mean, obviously Juju, MBS, Sky Moore, things like that. But in Baltimore, it's like Bateman and Andrews. And he's already been like, you know, more uh, uh, Lamar Jackson's not like, you know, some prolific superhuman passer like a Herbert or, or Josh Allen or, or Mahomes. He does a go to Andrews a lot and a lot and a lot. And I don't know how he could, you know, not keep going to him. It's not like they added anybody, uh, like you said, with um, Hollywood Brown gone too. So I just like the, the upward trend of Andrews over Kelsey. Um, and he comes at a better value in the drafts right now for the most, at the most, sometimes you'll see him go so early ahead of Kelsey or whatnot, whatever. But I, I like the, I, I like him in this, in the, in the, in the tight end premium, um, you know, probably over Kelsey. Like I said, he also in best ball, he popped more 30 point games. Now yeah. will Kelsey, will Kelsey now, you know, go to the moon because Tyree kills gone. I don't know. I, I think, I think Tyree kill being gone might, might hurt Kelsey a little bit. I don't know. Mm. So uh, you don't know. I, you know, who, who's to say, but Kelsey's all, obviously he's older. Tight ends last a little while. So that's not too big of a concern, but um, I just, I just like to think about, things from a uh, perspective of like, if I'm going to compare those two guys, the fact that, like I said, Mark Andrews had more big games. He's on the rise. He's younger. I don't know what he's in. Maybe 26, 26. I don't even know. Um, he's, he's a, he's, he's a primary target, just like, just like Kelsey. And um, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just feeling him a little more. So this year I, I would, and I'd I like to stack him up with, with Jackson if I could too, because he has, he has big game potential too. So if you hit on both of those guys and hit, Hit hit some weeks where you get like you know you get sixty out of those two guys. That's that's pretty nice. That's massive. That is a massive massive week. Um, you touched on um, earlier in the conversation about Dawson Knox, how you made him, and I'll bring up the the, the draft board right now for anybody looking at this. Dawson Knox, you selected at the um, eight hundred one as uh, essentially your first flex player here. Um, tight end premium format obviously makes Dawson Knox a little bit more attractive than he normally would be in a you know, just a standard full PPR. Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, uh, Jamison Crowder, Singletary, James Cook, all these guys in Buffalo. Why should FFPC players be zeroing in on, on making sure they grab a guy like Dawson Knox off this uh, Buffalo offense, even considering all the talent that's around him? Well, a couple things. If I I took him for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I needed – I already had a tight end. So mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking of receiver that I need flex position type mentality. I also already had Josh Allen. 
So it's like, it's like a baby stack, you know, I guess at that point in time too. And these things, you, you know, cause you're right now the, the big craze is stacking and trying to, and try to get some stacks in these best balls. Um, I like him as if I'm looking, you know, when I look at in, in the format too, at that point in time, I was just looking at the receivers available and the tight ends available. And, and he was the next man up. Also, if you, if you're, miss out on uh, one of those early guys like, uh, you know, Andrews, Kelsey, even, you know, I like Schultz and Pitts uh, or Hawkinson maybe, but um, he's a guy I've been taking a little bit later because he's a guy that that could ascend as well. I know there's a lot less opportunities there for targets with all those studs that you said, you know, all those, all those up and coming guys with Gabe Davis and Cook and all all that stuff. But um, there's always those guys in that, you know, later uh, end of the, top 10, I guess, or even later, who knows, uh, uh, rounds that, that come out and pop out of the tight end. So he's one of those guys, I'm, I'm, I, you know, that I target in that area, him, Fryer, Muth, kind of those guys that, that could, you know, go to the next level this year. They're on the rise. And uh, especially, especially if I get stuck without an early one, I like those right. guys. There. Yeah. But he was, he was just, he was just a compliment there. When I was looking for a receiver, I saw, and I'm figuring, well, he's, in this format, he's, he's the same as, or if not better than any receiver I, that I thought I was going to get right there at that point in time in that draft. So might as well take him and tr- treat him like a receiver as, as a flex spot there. So that, that was my mentality. Also having Josh Allen, like I said, the baby stack there a little bit uh, add, added to that as well. A tight end 10, I think is where Dawson Knox went. So even the fact that, I mean, you grab the elite guy right away, but then your second guy, which I always advocate, uh, advocate and Darren Armani, told us uh, on pros versus Joe's on Tuesday night, look, the sweet spot is, is getting these two tight ends early, not just one, uh, but getting two, which is what you did. I always think that that's something that, that, that really sets other teams apart. And you got obviously Andrews and Knox here. And I think it sets you up for a lot of success. Knox is real life teammate. We touched on this right at the start when we talked about how the first few dra- uh, rounds of this draft fell for you, Brian. Um, why were you willing to be the first guy to take a quarterback in Josh Allen and how likely would you be able to take Josh Allen in maybe the main event or the football guys players championship willing to break the quarterback seal, so to speak, and grab him? Yeah, everybody's um, so um, what's QB adverse. Yeah, QB adverse early. And mm-hmm. some things, like I said, some of those teams, like, for example, that team outside that I said outside of the box, that was a team I, I think I took Allen early last year, things like that. I, I don't want to, you know, you, you you try to figure things out and you try to become so efficient. You try to do things and then you get pin like pigeonholed to like a certain style of strategy. I think that, you know, now it's about look, like I said, shooting for it overall. So things like that, doing something a little different and getting that certain com- different combinations that, you know, everybody else doesn't have, you know, that increases your chance of these combinations, especially with a guy like Allen. I'm not saying take anybody, but I mean, obviously there's a lot to like about Josh Allen. <laughs> So I was looking, like I said, in this draft too, and in some other drafts, if I'm taking him, I'm just looking to get an edge there. I know it's like, okay, fill up on your running backs, receivers, take your quarterback later. There's always a tight end. I, I get that. And, and I've won a lot of leagues like that, but I've, I've been long, a better in overall uh, trying to shoot the moon on certain things. And, and it's not like it's that crazy. I mean, he usually goes probably what third, fourth round anyway. So it wasn't that crazy. I'm not going to go, you know, shoot, um, too much value, you know, overshoot the value on them and, and not in, you know, reach for them. I, sh- I should say, uh, I'm not going to do that, but if it's certain scenarios, if it's right, it's right. Um, 
And that that's how I'm going to approach it. Like I said, at that point in time, I didn't like, uh, I didn't like any other receivers right there, you know? So, so I, I said, this is, this is the best guy up. But the, the only guy you were considering, you said, I think you said was Waddle, right? Yeah. I was looking at Waddle. Um, uh, I think that was it really. I um, mean, right. I mean, it was a big receiver run after you took Allen. I mean, Marquise Brown, Waddle, Gabe Davis, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson. But for you, it was either Waddle or Allen there, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. All right. Um, well, listen, it, th this has been awesome. So much fun. I do want to ask you one final question before sure. we let you go and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday here, Brian. Uh, one player that you're super excited about drafting this year in the main event in the FFPC or any, any, you know, format really. Um, and then conversely a player that, you know, you're not, unless something insane happens where he drops several rounds, you know, you're not going to have any shares of this player. Um, well, one guy I'm excited about is Pittman. I like, I don't know. I like Michael Pittman. The only thing I don't like about him is in these, in these contests, he's that, week 14 by, I think. So that's right in the championship mm -hmm. game. If you know, and there's a lot, you know, 4,000 on the line in the main event or something. So that's, that's always a struggle. Um, but I do, I do, I, I probably reach for him a little bit, but I think he's another guy that's going to end up creeping up that second round. He's a guy who got an upgrade at quarterback too. You know, mm -hmm. if I remember like Matt Ryan, Pepper and uh, Julio Jones all the time, you know, but Pittman's third-year guy on the rise, big, tall guy. There's really no other threat there for catches. I kind of like him a lot. He's kind of a guy that I'd probably uh, reach for a little bit, mm -hmm. maybe. But guys that I won't touch, there's probably a bunch of them. Uh, Zeke, I just – I don't know. I'm just I'm just not a Zeke guy. I, I know, like I said, I shouldn't have any biases, but – He's somebody I probably avoid at all costs. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I, it doesn't, when I draft Zeke, it does, I never say, oh, this guy's going to win me the league or his best days are ahead of him. So I don't, I don't, that's probably a guy I'll, I'll avoid um, anybody. And also just anybody else that's, that's off of one of those two major injuries, the, the Achilles or an ACL, even if they had a long time or they're, oh, they're hundred percent. Like I said, those guys, I'll just, I'll just flat out just fade hundred percent, not even not even think about it. Because just to re just to reiterate, the second year they come back, no problems. With yeah, it. no problem. It's yeah, just, it's just that first year you're. Yeah, and, and now listen, year. it's going to happen where Adrian Peterson comes back with the ACL and rushes for two thousand yards or whatever. It that's going to happen, but more likely than not, that that's not going to happen. So that's, that's an outlier. I mean, you're yeah. betting on the numbers there. That's exactly it, and I, you get sucked in so many times, and I'm just like a. I'm just speaking, I'm trying to be more efficient every year. Like I said, trying to be, you know, less risky, but still, you still got to take chances or otherwise you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to lose. So you still have to take some chances. So there's a fine balance there, but I'm trying to just become more efficient. I guess that's the word over the years. Uh, definitely, you know, learned from a lot of mistakes over the years. And, and, and that's one of, and that's one of the notes that I, that I always keep in my head about these injury guys and, and, and we'll see what happens. If it burns me, it burns me, you know, it more times than not, it's, it's not going to burn me. So like you're, yeah, I, you're a student of the game. Uh, you trust the process. Are you from Pennsylvania? I forget. Oh, do I lose Brian? Maybe it was my, oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh. Are you, Brian, are you from Pennsylvania? Yeah. I'm, I'm in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so, so Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers, trust the process. You clearly trust your process in high-stakes fantasy football. 
Yeah, it's been working. So I might, you know, but I, you know, you're always, you always got to keep tweaking. Was, you can always learn from other players too. Like all these, there's so many good players at the FFPC. That's it's really, I mean, I, not to talk about other places I play, I played a bunch of them, but FFPC is, 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 is the, there's more players in FFPC than anywhere else. And it is, it is the best competition, I think. So, um, but you know, every, every set has their own different things, but I, I end up playing a lot more at the FFPC. I've had a lot more su- success at the FFPC than anywhere else. So that's what I'm just going to keep doing and, uh, and keep learning even from the, the greats. There's some, there's some really good players and, um, just try to stay humble and try to keep, try to keep building on, on, on what I'm learning and keep going. And every year I think that I get better and, and I'm going to try to just keep doing that. Yeah. Get better every year. That's, that's the smart plan. And uh, it was smart talking to you tonight. I'm glad we did this. I learned a lot. I think the viewers learned a lot as well. Good luck. Not only trying to win that free main en- uh, main event entry in 2023 into the FFPC with your pros versus Joe's league, but good luck in all your main events, your football guys, players championship, all your leagues this year, no matter where you're playing. Certainly appreciate you hopping aboard. We follow you on Twitter at Brian underscore Harris underscore. Thank you so much, my friend for doing this. Uh, be good. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Hi, man. Appreciate it. Brian Harris, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, 20, no, take that back. The 14 time winner in 2021. Oftentimes I bring players on this program and I talk about all their six time winner, seven time winner. No, Brian won 14 leagues in the FFPC last year alone. He's won a lot more leagues besides that. Football guys, main event, what have you. Uh, really a treat. And I hope you enjoyed it as I kept them a little bit longer than I said I would. Um, but uh, really good stuff tonight uh, for this edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Now, as a reminder, a program reminder, everybody, this is the final Rotoviz um, High Stakes Lowdown until after the season starts. So we will be back, I want to say September. Oh, my goodness. It'll probably be September 14th. Right around there will be our next episode. But don't worry about it because we're still going to have a lot of great um, options for you on this FFPC channel. For instance, this Friday, Farrell and uh, Farrell Elliott and I cover the live on High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Football Guys Players Championship Draft with some of the best football guys players out there. They're going to be drafting live at 9, 8 central. We will cover all the picks for you right here on the FFPC YouTube channel. And then on Monday, we'll turn around and it'll be myself and Dave Terpoli covering one of Dave's $125 entry, $200,000 grand prize FFPC best ball tournament drafts. That will be at 10.30, 9.30 central on Monday. So you've got plenty of best ball, plenty of uh, redraft leagues uh, for uh, live coverage for these leagues going on uh, within the next week or so. And we will go hard until the uh, the Football Guys Draftathon coming up in about a month, month, uh, about five weeks or so roughly uh, now. So that is going to do it for our show tonight. I do want to thank uh, Brian Harris for hopping aboard. I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank our producer and mutual friend Rob, uh, mutual friend Rob, and then uh, of course our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce. Mo- uh, main event slow drafts ongoing right now at the FFPC. Of course, multiple football guys drafts filling up each and every day at myffpc.com. Million dollar grand prize in the main event. $500,000 grand prize in the Football Guys Players Championship. You will not have to wait long for those leagues to fill. We're going to have the live main events going off in about a week and a half or so here, and the live FPCs and the slow FPCs going off each and every day. FFPC Best Ball Tournament Grand Prize is uh, $200,000 this year as opposed to $100,000, which is what it was last year. The prize pool has been doubled to just over $1 million. The Superflex Best Ball Tournament, you can uh, plunk down 35 bucks and try to win 10 grand there, and that that is over 90% full, so make sure you're getting in sooner rather than later. Dynasty Startups are flying all over the place for the next month or so at myffpc.com, and if you want to play 
against 11 other owners instead of 1,100 or 11,000 other owners. You can do that at myffpc.com with any of our closed satellite leagues. Uh, thank you so much for watching, everybody. We really appreciate it. Remember to give Brian a follow on Twitter, and we will talk with you Friday, 9, 8 central, for the next edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. As far as the road of his High Stakes Lowdown goes, we will be back in the second week of September. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we will talk with you again real, real soon. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.